This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome everybody. Today's Friday, June 5th, 2020. This is the Sports Biz Pod, and today is the Sports Biz Rundown, where we recap the week in Sports Biz News, events, career openings, and more. And as you all may know, we're going through some very interesting time period from going with COVID. Now we're doing, dealing with a lot of racial injustice issues, but it's a jam-packed week, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. And for this week, I've brought on Andy Charles, who's helping head up the business development and athlete relations standpoint for Sports Biz Group to kind of break down what is going on. So Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's Friday. Can't really complain. I uh, got some really good news earlier this week with uh, the NBA coming back. So excited. And yourself? That's that's right. Yeah. No, it's uh, crazy times where um, you know, as as both of both you and I were living in the New York State area. You're in New Jersey. I've I've lived in New York City for about two years. Um, this past week, uh, you know, lease ended. Had to move out of New York. There was a lot of um, kind of craziness going on in the neighborhood and lease ended. So I was out of there and have some kind of unique perspective where, you know, was, um, you know, going on a bike ride during Memorial day and went to go, you know, check out Barclays center and it was completely emptied. And that was coincidentally the same time that the whole George Floyd situation went down that same night. And then throughout the whole week, you see all these protests kind of pick up and rightfully so. So it was just kind of crazy from, you know, very low where we're, we're dealing with COVID. We're trying to figure it out. And then, all these other new problems come up that, that are necessary to address now. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing as well as I can, you know, just trying to be part of the solution here, but um, you know, it's crazy times we're living in and, and hope you're staying uh, safe where you are. There you go. That's all you can really hope for. Absolutely. So, you know, for, for this, this episode, you know, we kind of just want to give you a very raw, um, you know, breakdown of what happened. Um, some really good things happened, some really bad things happened. We want to kind of break it down each one by one. So um, let, let's dive right into it where we're going to break down the top uh, sports biz news stories happening this week. So we're going to start with the NBA. So the NBA took a major step forward, getting back to the court um, as of yesterday, Thursday, where the league's board of governors approved a 22 team format for restarting the league this season um, next month at a Disney campus near Orlando, Florida. Teams will arrive to Disney around July 7th and play an eight game slate of games starting July 31st um, at the ESPN world office of sports complex. All teams will stay, practice, and play at Disney um, until the finals. So um, this is news coming out very quickly about a restart for the season. So, um, Andy, I know you're a, a big NBA fan. You've played basketball personally, and you've also worked in the NBA. But give us your, your kind of breakdown on this. Oh, man, as a junkie, that's honestly the best news I could have heard all, all month long, honestly. Uh, and I'm excited that I'm fully scrapped the season and that they decided to bring it back um, and, and still being cautious, too, on how they're going about it. 
Um, I was just curious, the decision behind, I haven't really read, I haven't fully read the stipulation behind it in terms of why they're deciding to go with that number of teams, obviously some other teams, um, not, not in that decision-making process, obviously didn't really have a chance of making the playoffs, but I'm excited to see it, to see it come back. Um, you know, July 31st is still ways away, but excited to see it back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and kind of reading through this, it looks like that um, they're, they're starting the season so that they can give the opportunity for the eighth seed. That was kind of the stipulation of, all right, what if the teams are on the cusp of making the playoffs? Do they have a right shot? So um, kind of breaking it down where it looks like they're going to be quarantined for quite some time. Uh, we kind of mentioned the start date. Um, but the, the if the gap between the eighth place and the 19th team is uh, in either conference is four games or less when eight game slate ends. Um, those teams mm-hmm. will play for, uh, for the eighth seed. So um, that's kind of the stipulation right now that, you know, a lot of the top teams that, that you see um, they've kind of locked in their spot, but the real kind of figuring out the next few weeks is like, who's going to make that ace, um, ace seed. So um, any of the teams maybe that you've seen on the cusp of like, how are, you know, what's that kind of looking like on your standpoint? Um, I think the Pelicans, if they make the playoffs, they will be extremely scary. And I don't think the Lakers want to face them in the first round. Um, but I'm excited to see who fights for the last two spots in the West. Um, obviously with Memphis, with Pelicans, as well as the Blazers. So I'm excited to see who, who gets the final two spots. Um, so I, I can't wait for it to start. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. And um, the vote was 29 to 1. So, you know, everyone was kind of locked in with this. The players seem to really be ready to go back. Um, and from my understanding, they um, they're still have to quarantine. They're going to be tested regularly. They are allowed to uh, play golf. They're allowed to go outside and eat um, in the Orlando area. Um, and, and, you know, it seems like they're going to be ready, but it, it seems like the season will go into October once the, the playoffs happen. Um, so that's a really long time for right. uh, them to be quarantined. So I think we'll see how it plays out perhaps, you know, a few months from now, once they start playing, that's good. Maybe they'll take it and they'll change the plan and maybe they'll play in their respective home teams or their home fields because home field advantage is almost irrelevant. doesn't seem like there's going to be fans right now. So there's still a lot of things, but this is a good progress. I think that they can build on top of it. Um, and it, I, in my opinion, it's really tough because there's a lot of players, especially the older ones, the veterans, um, they have families. So they're going to have to be quarantined and away from them for a while. So that still brings up some issues, but it looks like they're, they're one of the first leagues to be innovative and bringing things back the right way. But, um, you know, I'm excited to see how that plays out and, and hopefully that, the NBA will adjust if they see a better plan, even if it means they're mid game. So, you know, we'll, we'll see maybe from the, you know, the hardcore NBA fans, is this seasoned as respected, say whoever wins the, the NBA finals, is that as respected as any other season or maybe, maybe there's some more adversity and maybe it's more respect. I, I don't know where your thoughts, if that kind of changes your perspective, whoever wins. I think it should be more respected, honestly, because I mean, these guys took a three, four month break. And now they're just like, all right, now you have a month and a half, two months to get ready. And then going to, to the most important part of the season, which is, which is the last eight games and then playoffs. Um, so I, I think it's, and especially with everything going on, I, I think we should not take anything away from whoever comes out as, as, as the champion. We should not take anything away from them. And also to, to add, there is a quick turnaround for, for the next year's season. I don't know if you know this. So the season ends in October. 
and then the new season starts that first week of December. So I think that the guys only for anyone that goes to the finals, it's, it's interesting to see what they do or what the coaches decide to do um, starting out next season. If, if you know, if they're going to give a lot of those guys a break or they're going to sit them out for, for the first half of, of uh, the next season. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a quick turnaround and, and maybe we'll see how they evaluate it. But um, even planning to October, that's, that's unique. And once you get past October, it's, it's really difficult where um, we're, we're kind of, you know, segue this into um, the MLB because uh, right now they're having some difficulties with actually restarting the season. Um, it is a summer sport. That's kind of what drives a lot of the uh, sports action. And right now they're having a lot of difficulties uh, with their players being on board because they're offering a plan, but it's um, the players are taking a significant prorated reduction uh, for their salaries. So um, it's going to be difficult where uh, the MLB is offering, you know, they're, they're saying, hey, let's do a 50 game season. Um, and, and a lot of players are on had, you know, disagreements with this. And then you see also as well, the collective bargaining agreement is going to be um, up to renegotiate for next year. So MLB is facing some really critical issues. They were facing some already issues with, you know, um, advanced media, the, the BAM um, and some other things. So we'll um, we'll see really excited to see the NBA, but the, the MLB is kind of something where they're still in the midst of figuring out how it's going to return and the quarantine and if they can sell stands or their seats to it. But um, something like this, what are, what are your thoughts um, on, on this baseball uh, update? Yeah, so the guys, um, they're obviously fighting to get paid, right? Um, and especially for baseball, too, with uh, spending a lot of time um, in, the, in the minors, uh, the guys are, a lot of them, unless you're, you're a big-name guy and you're making a lot of money, a lot of those guys are, they're saving as much as they can, um, and every dollar counts for them. So it's, it's a big thing for them, especially if they're going to have a pay cut. Um, and, Nick, I don't know if you know this, a lot of these guys, too, the, their their earning windows are actually has decreased too over the last 15 years. I mean, the the lifespan for for ML for a baseball player from what since 2005 it was four and a half five years they had a window to earn, but now it's gone down to three and a half. So obviously the guys it, it's frustrating for them, um, and and they're trying to get as much as they can while they can. So I definitely understand where the frustration is coming from. Yeah, and, and baseball is a, one of the sports where they don't have a salary cap. So um, with the NBA, you see a lot of players, there's a certain amount that they can earn. But with the baseball players, they, the top earners, they get some of the biggest contracts you'll see in all of sports. And that's something the MLB, it seems like they're trying to renegotiate in their next collective bargaining agreement is how to actually put a, a cap on that and make sure that you know maybe they can get some more benefit out of that. But I'm reading right here is that players were originally set to earn about $4 billion in salaries for 2020, um, exclusive of guaranteed money such as signing bonuses, termination pay, and option buyouts. The union's plan would cut that around to $2.8 billion in management approximately to $1.2 billion plus a $200 million bonus pool. So um, there's a lot of plans. It seems like they're still going back and forth. Um, they're, they're kind of seeing, hey, let's try to put on a 50 game, uh, a season as short as 50 games. Um, right. And they're, they're offering some other plans. So with baseball, it's, it's really one of those sports where you need volume and similar to, similar to the NBA, I would say you need to have a lot of games to really show who are the best teams. Uh, you can't play 50 and then expect them to, 
you know, perform at their best. It's, you know, their batting averages. If someone's batting, you know, 300, that's amazing, but you have to have a lot more at bat. So this is one of the sports. It's very difficult to adjust. It is a little bit old school in their ways. Um, so we'll see how that, uh, that plays out. But um, we're talking about the NBA. They made plans. They have movement. that's going to come back sooner than we expect. The um, MLB is still fighting for, you know, the page, you know, the pay gap. So hopefully there's some updates coming up this weekend or next week. Um, and, and we'll kind of briefly touch with the NHL. They're announcing that they're going to play, but it's going to be straight to um, the Stanley cup, it believes. So it looks like uh, with that, since the NHL is in a unique standpoint, they, you know, offered uh, a way to go um, Stanley cup playoffs, best of seven following the qualifying round. So they're going right to the action. Um, each league can't just like adopt the same format, you know, the premier lacrosse league, they shortened it to a two week season or two week tournament. Um, so each league has to kind of learn from each other and figure out the best plan, but there's really no golden blueprint because this is, we're dealing with something that has never happened before. So, um, it's, you know, unique to see which leagues are able to come back the quickest, but in my opinion, the NBA is probably one of the most innovative league. I doubt the NFL will have really much of an impact. It seems like um, most of their games are going to continue to play. I feel like they're going to have to have fans in the stands. There, there are going to be fans in the stands, but it might be reduced. But the NFL, it seems like they're not making any announcements since there's, you know, they start this fall. They can wait it out um, to see if the, you know, the smoke clears with, with COVID and, and social distancing and all that stuff. So um you know, those are a few updates um, for, you know, leagues returning due to COVID. Um, but as we kind of briefly mentioned, there were some tragic um, incidents that happened with uh, racial injustice and, and, the, and uh, the sports world is really uh, leveraging their influence to um, rally around this, to raise money, to call out people and, you know, kind of breaking it down. Andy, if you kind of want to give your perspective on that whole situation, specifically with George Floyd, but what's been happening for decades um, and, and how people are addressing that now, what, what's kind of your take on that initially? You there? Yeah. Yes, sir. I think it's for a while. Yeah. So, so what's your initial take on kind of what happened with, with George Floyd and how that kind of all played out. Um, then we'll kind of uh, we'll, we'll briefly talk about some of the initiatives that have started and, and things that happened as a result of that. It's, I'm glad to see everybody coming together, um, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, coming together and, and knowing, you know, when it's wrong, it's wrong and being clear across the board with that. So it's kind of glad seeing the guys use their platform. They're using their voice to really state their opinion and, and bring people together. Um, so that's one positive to come out, out of that. Obviously, the, the incident is tragic, um, but it, I think it's, it's, we're taking a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and as painful as it is to see all this happening um, from from the actual violence that is happening, that's not necessarily been properly addressed in the past, and then now people are so sick and tired of it that they're taken to the streets. And there's a lot of going back and forth where the videos I've been seeing on Twitter, um, all over the place. It's really tragic to see that, but it's almost necessary. It's kind of growing pains that we're facing right now, where. Um, you, you, you kind of bring up these big, you know, big problems and, and people are being corrected. So for example, like the, you know, the NBA star LeBron James, 
he's he's more much more than an athlete and you know he started a media brand un, uninterrupted but you'll see athletes like drew Brees. he kind of came out with a statement um kind of dismissing the, the real problem and talking about um that he never would um tolerate someone you know disrespecting their flag but he got called out by lebron by all of his you know a lot of his former teammates and he just kind of released a statement where he seems to be corrected so what's happening right now is players like LeBron that have a voice and, and especially people that might be um, you know, a majority or, or someone that's not, uh, you know, someone that's white, that's making a statement, they need to be corrected. And that's what's kind of happening where it's real time feedback. If someone's fucking up, you know, they're immediately being called out and being corrected. So as bad as things are, I think that's, you know, positive to have that kind of accessibility and, you know, direct feedback. And that's the, that's one thing about LeBron that has always done really well better than any other athlete, uh, in my opinion. He's always used his voice. He is always vocal about a lot of things. And obviously, he's got a big following. And he's, he's using it the right way and holding people accountable for what they say. So I, I applaud LeBron for that. And, and not not being afraid to put his, his brain, his image on the line for a lot of things. So in that, obviously, we saw the last dance. Um, that's, that's really the difference between – one of the biggest differences between him and Michael and him – and the difference between him and some other greats um, to ever do it. So it's, it's nice to see him being vocal and really taking the lead on a lot of that. Yeah, and, and the, the, just the time period that LeBron grew up where it's a little bit more progressive than Michael was. He also has access to a little bit more social media and more savvy with that so he can amplify his message. Um, but, you know, from, from that standpoint where uh, what, what's going to need to change is just, you know, injustice, the government is going to make corrections. Unfortunately, the government is slow, innovative, and bureaucratic. So it's going to take time for them to really get smacked in the face and say, you need to change. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it plays out. It seems like uh, towards the beginning of um, last week and into this week, um, things seem to get worse and worse. But it, feel, it feels like there's a little bit more optimism. It seems like uh, the looting, the, the riots, things like that, the, the um, destruction, it's all out of pointing figures, fingers. It, it seems like it's starting to cool down in a, in, in a way, but it's almost very necessary to kind of voice these opinions. Um, and, and it's tough to really say, hey, you, you can't really tell people how to uh, protest or, or riot, it, you know, it, it's a natural knee-jerk reaction that people are really emotional about. So um, that's something that we're really passionate about, of just kind of providing an open environment. All the events that we've hosted at Sports Business Group in New York City have always been right. very diverse, and that's something that we're really passionate about. There, You know, there's no way to make, like, the most well-rounded decisions unless you have a well, um, very diverse, you know, people at the table. So um, and that's, that's how something you learn, that's, too. Mm -hmm. um, for, for a lot of it, that's how you learn. Uh, let's take the Drew Brees example, right? Um, I, now I'm sure he's more aware and more mindful of and being more mindful of what he says now. And, and you got to have, it, it becomes a thing too. We have to be cautious and mindful of what we're saying, but also to um, not too mindful so that we do leave that room for, to, to be able to learn, right? Um, obviously there's a lot of topics that I'm not fully knowledgeable on, but um, state my opinion that somebody can correct me, right? And and that's we have to be acceptable uh, for that as well too. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the the point is that um, you need to be uh, there needs to be action that, that's being taken. But if you you know inaction is not good, but we need to have a point where um, 
you're you're doing something and you have to learn what you don't know and and you have to kind of take that uh one step at a time so another um initiative that that kind of just came out this week is um you know in response to all these police brutality against the african-american community the nba um the national basketball coaching association has come together establish a new committee dedicated to rush uh, racial injustice and reform um, so this community, this committee will aim to pursue uh, solutions, ongoing racial uh, issues with the NBA um, in each city. So the NBA, like we mentioned, we're kind of applauding them. They're very innovative. They were very forward thinking. And I'm sure there's many other leagues that have already put up these programs, whether it's committees to um, check people when it's when they're out of line or it's, you know, donating large sums of money, but um, something like this, what, what are your thoughts on kind of the NBA kind of taking this, uh, this, this committee? Right, and who's better to lead it than, than Greg Popovich himself, right? Somebody that's always been, um, sometimes very reserved and, and very limited in what he said, but is also very vocal in, in his opinion. Um, and the NBA is doing a really good job at not just, not just talking about it, they're really putting actions behind it and, and really setting up this committee to help every city and the teams overcome this and, and, and really learn from it and, and move forward from it. Mm -hmm. So I really yeah, absolutely. for that. Absolutely. And Steve Kerr, uh, Lloyd Pierce, Doc Rivers, Quinn uh, Snyder, um, they were amongst the other names uh, selected to this committee. Um, and we'll, we'll see how other, you know, owners, um, players, people like that, um, they come together. I, I think the Ravens owner, he's donated about a million dollars to racial injustice. There's a, a lot of programs being set up. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And um, kind of quick update on our end, that's going to be the kind of the next project we're going to be working on. Uh, we started a project uh, with the Sports Startup Debate Competition to kind of rally around COVID-19, help small businesses. So We'll keep you updated with some update, uh, keep you updated with what we're going to be doing next, but it is going to revolve around um, leveraging athletes, going to be around um, raising awareness and money to social injustice. So we'll keep you in the loop with that. Um, and then kind of wrapping up the, the top news stories, we'll talk about sports money. So uh, the Nets forward, Kevin Durant, um, he has purchased a minority stake in the Philadelphia Union, which is roughly between 1% and 5%. Um, it's unclear uh, if Durant's investment in the MLS is personal or through his 35 uh, Ventures, uh, which is a business he co-founded with, with Rich Kleinman. But um, it's great to see, um, you know, athlete like Kevin Durant. He's very innovative, tech investing, um, but uh, he just uh, purchased a stake in the MLS team. And MLS, in my opinion, is one of the most up-and-coming leagues, um, the best bang for your buck right now. But uh, something like this, what, what are your thoughts for this uh, move by KD? No, and I take my hat off for, for his team, for his group, because um, those guys, they're really working, and and they're doing a lot of things behind the scenes, especially with this show, uh, and he's invested in a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of startups, um, so to see them take that leap into the MLS, it's, it's massive, and I think a lot of guys are going to follow suit, too, uh, with it, um, and these guys, they're not, uh, they're, they're not like previous players or, or um some of the guys from the past where they're investing in car washes or a or, or restaurant. But I mean, look at that compared to he, he's a minority owner in the MLS team, something that's growing rapidly over here. So it's, it's good to see it. And, and I'm excited to see more guys um, follow up with that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and another story to kind of highlight with sports money um, is Cristiano Ronaldo um, hit another uh, first this week uh, with the team to earn that pretty much past $1 billion in his career earnings. So he's one of the first uh, team players to earn that during his playing career. Uh, the Juventus star earned $105 million before taxes um, over the past year per Forbes. Um, and he's uh, placing him at number four on the list of world's highest paid celebrities. Um, he's just behind Kylie Jenner, who made $590 million, Kanye West, who made 170 million and Roger Federer who made 106.3 million. So Forbes, um, they put out a lot of amazing, um, you know, reports around how much athletes are make. It's a lot of estimates in, in some cases with what they're making off the field. Uh, but it comes out to be very highly accurate, but, um, you know, uh, you know, Juventus star uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who you pass at with uh, $1 billion. And then they, they also did a report where uh, Roger Federer was the top athlete, uh, followed by Cristiano, and then followed by Messi uh, for the top earners. So uh, something like this, it's a lot of money. Cristiano is a worldwide superstar, um, but a very interesting report uh, put out by Forbes. What, what are your thoughts on this, Andy? I feel like I see him on every commercial. Every I feel like he's the most, the easiest, most marketable guy out there he's literally on everything so i'm not surprised to see him on that list and as high up as he is i mean the the guy his own watch his cologne like you name it his own so um and so so it's i'm i'm and it goes to show too that how much bigger uh, uh soccer is um out there than, mm -hmm. than any other sport so he's definitely taking advantage of that yeah, and um, I mean, soccer is a global sport, uh, you know, the, the World Cup, uh, m much other countries appreciate the, the sport of soccer or football than, than we do. Um, but, you know, clearly, like we mentioned in the past article, Kevin Durant, he bought a minority stake in the MLS. So I think the MLS has a lot of potential to grow in the U.S., but clearly um, you have, you know, Juventus or you have the English Premier League, Bundesliga. These are all kind of firepowers where these people are the most marketable people um, in their entire region. So um, that kind of wraps up the top uh, news stories for this week. Um, kind of recapping where the Sports Biz Pod, um, you know, we've been kind of in a little bit of a hiatus with some of the interviews. We've been consistent with the Sports Biz Rundown, but we're taking some time to kind of re-strategize. So we have some really amazing interviews lined up. Um, so just kind of stick with it. And, if, you know, I really appreciate everyone's patience on that. Um, and then to kind of wrap up this whole podcast, you know, and the newsletter that we're sending out, um, the Sports Biz Careers, we every week we curate the top uh, career openings that we find on uh, LinkedIn. So we've been doing this before COVID when it was a really tough job market. But we're, right now we think it's uh, really helpful. So uh, we kind of break down what we see either through internally through our network or we do a lot of outreach and figure out what jobs are are open right now to kind of help people, especially if you've been furloughed or other type of difficulties right now. So um, starting with an entry level jobs, we have Rockstar Interactions. They're looking for a marketing event assistant, uh, the National Women's Soccer League. They're looking for a coordinator and business development and sponsorship. Moving on to like mid-level jobs, Bleacher Report is looking for a community strategist. Uh, New York Islanders is looking for an account manager in their ticket sales department. Um, some senior level jobs, U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee is looking for a VP of communications. And then finally, DraftKings is looking for a director of internal communications. So those are top six 
career openings that we saw. We are going to make some more moves where we are looking into a kind of career placement opportunity for our community where we have a lot of people that send us jobs. We have a lot of people in our network that we've already helped place in careers. So that's something that we're going to be looking more into and seeing how we can provide more value, especially during these times where a lot of people are furloughed or it's a tough job market. So we're trying to make that you know easier on your end. Um, but that wraps up this episode of the Sports Biz Pod. Uh, today is Friday, June 5th, 2020. Uh, it's been a crazy week. Uh, you know, we've been a little bit quiet on our end, a lot of time just reflecting, thinking we're here, we're making moves, um, but uh, just kind of respecting what's going on in the world and, and, and being courteous of that. So uh, with, all, with all that being said, if you haven't already, go give us um, a subscribe on um, the Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, give us a five-star review. Please reach out. We always look to uh, find some new, new amazing guests and ways to collaborate. So thank you for that. And uh, we'll see you next week for um, some more interviews and some more podcasts. But uh, have a great weekend and stay safe out there. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.